Welcome to the Quantum Alignment Q&A, Humboldt series, where we traverse through an array of healing modalities to educate, empower, and excite our listeners on their path of holistic health and wellness. In sharing various practitioners' experiences and insight, we hope to cultivate a deeper relationship between one's true self, the mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional bodies. Join naturopath, transpersonal psychologist, and cannabis therapy consultant, Dr. Pepper Hernandez, in the Humboldt Quantum Alignment Series. And now, here is your host, Dr. Pepper Hernandez. Welcome, and thank you so much for taking time to be present with us today. Our intention for this podcast is for each and every one of us to get one step closer to the highest version of our aligned self each and every day, mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Today, I have a fantastic guest who I'm very excited to spend time with, Sister Kate. Sister Kate is the founder of Sisters of the Valley, who make wonderful cannabis products for consumers. And I have so many questions for you. Thank you, Sister Kate, for being here today. Thank you, Dr. Pepper, for having me. Tell me a little bit about how you got on your journey, a little bit about your background, if you will, please. Sure. I was, um, I had a pretty ordinary, I mean, I got my degree in business. I was from the Midwest girl, a large Catholic family. I got married and had three children. Uh, one of the, I was a, a, a consultant. I was an analyst and a consultant. And uh, one of the assignment I had took me to Amsterdam. And my children spent like 10 years in a Dutch school. And we all had to learn Dutch because of one year assignments spread out to like a decade. And we really liked our life in Holland. And my consulting company was doing quite well. I was an analyst and did a large assortment of projects for the corporate oligarchy. <laughs> and, I, and they paid me well for it. Um, but uh, somewhere in there, the marriage went off the tracks. And my husband started stealing from the business and before I realized what was going on, I was poor and he was a millionaire. And that led to a divorce. Like I had to, I remember the day that I said, are you going to make me get a divorce to find out where my money is? And he said, yes, you have to do what you have to do. And I realized I just allowed him to walk away with what I had been slaving to build for 15 years. So I uh, was left poor with three kids, but I took up the battle for custody and I ultimately moved, we moved from Amsterdam to Kentucky of all places, Amsterdam, the Netherlands, Europe, to Kentucky of all places, Amsterdam, Netherlands, Europe, where you could go to a coffee shop and get something to smoke across the street from where your children went to a Catholic school. And we moved from there to Northern Kentucky. And then from Northern Kentucky, I moved to Atlanta. And from Atlanta, I moved to California. So I was zigzagging all the way over the, the place because I was dealing with a custody battle and they only let you move so far. But I ultimately ended up in California with my brother and very, very poor. And our solution to our poverty was that we'd start being the first cannabis delivery service in this county and I went and found a lawyer and I found some doctors and 
uh, that would sit on a board and I formed a collective with my brother and we created a, a very quiet, very quiet, very like 1950s, keep the medicine in a brown paper bag and don't let anybody see it, make it look like it's something else kind of delivery service. Um, as Merced County kind of came along and we had, uh, we had, he, I had three children, he had two children, and we took a nephew from Wisconsin who had been a heroin addict who shot up heroin before they sent him to us, and we got him clean. And we, I kind of made a deal. It was uh, my daughter was like 12 or 13, and the boys were 14 to 21. And we sort of made a deal with them that we wouldn't regulate on their cannabis consumption if they grew us vegetables besides the cannabis so they and kept us in good food good natural vegetables and the boys took on the challenge i mean we did, we had other conditions but basically we engaged the children in the business in the growing of it and as the serving of the sick people because the only people we were sent at that time were dying and uh that's the only people that the valley would that would allow us to deliver our medicine to and um, we made a, a bunch of rules for the kids, but it all worked out because they all went to university and they all got their degrees and they're all like kind of living happily ever after, I guess as happy as 24 to 30 year olds can be in COVID. What a fascinating life you have lived thus far. This is so interesting that you were in the Netherlands and then kind of made your way from the East Coast, it sounds like, over to the West Coast. And I'm grateful that you made it to California. I found out about you through a mutual friend, um, Sister Star Paul, who is part of the Sisters of the Valley. She was sharing amazing medicine up here in Humboldt and was talking about you and what you're doing now. So tell our listeners um, what it is that you do now and how you're practicing in your community. Because now that you're in California, you're actually further south than I am. So one, yeah. where are you located? And two, what kind of workings do you, are you doing now with cannabis? So uh, in started out, like the sisterhood started out as uh, an Occupy movement action. So in 2011, when the Occupy movement started in America, and I was thrilled because I went and read their charter and I was like, OMG, these people feel about America the way I feel about America, that it's gone off the rails, too much is wrong with it. So when I, I was really, I didn't go protest, that's something I'd never done in my life. But when Michelle Obama, in October of 2011, tried to talk to Congress about how unhealthy our children's meals were, and Congress filibustered and wouldn't listen to her speak, when, and then a week later, they gathered to declare the sauce on pizza as a vegetable. So basically, they declared pizza a vegetable. And when Congress declared pizza a vegetable, I declared myself a nut. And you have to understand, at the time, I felt like a nun. I was cooking and taking care of six young people and my brother between the ages of 14 and 20 and running a cannabis collective and tending to the sick and dying. So I already felt the role. But I did it as sort of a, a, a protest to the establishment. I put on a nun outfit and went to an Occupy move, uh, action and they dubbed me Sister Occupy and I thought I got my 15 minutes of fame and that was that. But what happened is as I started getting invited to protests throughout the state, 
to closing of the docks in Oakland, to school protests where the busing was cut for the poor. And every, and I would go to them. They called me Sister Occupy. I had sort of an East Coast counterpart, the, the New York Ferry, the Occupy Ferry. Her and I would talk every once in a while about what it was like to be invited to all these protests. And through going to protests for the next four years from 2011 until 2015, it was basically a four-year discourse on what would a new age sisterhood look like. And at the end of those four years, it was very clear that it would not be a religion. It has to be a women-owned business with spiritual intention. So that's what I founded in January of 2015, is the first of a string of women-owned businesses. And our, the theory behind us is that we believe that science will one day prove that local cannabis is like local honey. It's better for you and for your immune system. So our goal is to grow sisterhood. Our goal is right now we make and sell our medicines and ship them all around the world. But we think it's sinful that that medicine is spending fossil fuel to get to New Zealand when we should have the medicine made in the soil by the New Zealand or the Maori people. We and the medicines made by the women of New Zealand. So our real goal is that one day we will have enclaves all around the world. We are not about, uh, we don't do a lot of philanthropy. We have a trinity that is service, activism, and spirituality. We are about holding our local, national, sorry, local, state, and national officials accountable for their actions. We want it to be part of our culture and our children's culture, that holding your politicians accountable for what they do and don't do in regard to protecting the earth and protecting the children of the earth is, should be a religion, it should be a culture. And then our spirituality is all around Mother Earth. And the fact that 60 species a day are going extinct, this has to stop. So we don't pray to Mother Earth and we don't pray to the spiritual, to the cannabis plant. We pray to the same God everybody else praise to the creator God. We just feel like we are witnessing a return to the divine feminine um, being held up on the planet and ruling for the next 200,000 years. So we refer to her in all our prayers and chants as creator goddess, but we really do that for balance. Um, I, it's the same God that I prayed to as a, as a young girl, if that's helpful. Wonderful. And when you say the new age of sisterhood. How are you working with that group? I, I'm wondering how that works for you. So our, our, our idea is that we do like our Beguine ancestors did in Europe. And they were women. They were the first organized nurses in the castles of Europe. And so they were the first ones to take in poor young women and say, here, we will clean you up and give you pretty, a pretty uniform that matches ours and we will teach you skills. And if you're lousy at being a nurse or being an herbalist, we'll find you your place where you will not have to beg or be on the street. We feel like women, we've got, we're just very um, upset about the concept of throwaway people. We're upset about the concept that America has no minimum basic income or safety net. Most of the women that are involved with me have experienced being a throwaway woman by our society for some period of time or in some way. So we are here to counteract that, but we're not doing it like by, uh, like we're redefining what we think is a valuable service. What we think a valuable service is creating women-owned businesses 
for the women. We think it's empowering for women to own businesses. And we think all women should own all the property and all the businesses on the planet. And then it would be a better place. Um, so we're going about it from that approach, basically. We do have a, uh, a sort of a philanthropic bent to who we are and that we support human rights organizations, Black Lives Matter. We're always out there. Um, organizations that help get people out of jail who are serving time on, the, on behalf of the cannabis plant, on behalf of getting medicine to people during prohibition. So we have that plus 5% of every batch of medicine we make goes to people who can't afford our medicine. So we do have a little bit of, I call it a sprinkling of philanthropy. If people criticize us for not being those other kind of nuns, because those other kind of nuns are going extinct. And because we believe there is an honor in creating business ownership and uh, growth, that ownership of property for women. Well, you're doing so much more than I even could have started to imagine. With us starting to share a little bit of this for our audience, I'm wondering if you can tell them just on a basic level, what you're doing with your medicine. Because I think it's really important that the audience understand that you are growing this medicine, you're blessing this medicine, you're, you're just making sure that, and, I, and I'd love to know if you're focused on cultivars for growing and if you're choosing particular ailments, or how are you going about that portion? Well, it's the business, if we don't get a little fancier, I think the business will leave us in the dust because it's maturing, right? We're learning far more than we did before. But to explain, the, the last five years, what we've done is we grow a great big outdoor crop every year. Our sales kept going up so that within our second or third year, that was not enough to keep up with the handmade salves that we make in our kitchen. So we make like... Uh, oil drops for on the tongue that have CBD, and we make tinctures for on the tongue that have CBD, which is a sharp alcohol, but works better for people who have seizures. It's only 10% of our sales, but probably 90% of the people who buy it are buying it to stop, interrupt, or mitigate seizures. So they're both you drop on the tongue. And then our best seller is a topical sap we made that is for arthritis and burn pains. It's like a multi-purpose salve and it's our mo most popular. So for the last five years, we've made basically those three products and shipped them around the world. But what's happening now is we have an enclave in India where a, wo a woman doctor who, who has her THC and CBD license in India and an herbal company already wanted to launch a high-end line of products with the sister's label and was willing to help us work towards getting an enclave there in India. Um, Ayurvedic medicine is very similar to what we're doing anyway. And there's so much similarities, it feels like we cheated from them, even though we didn't, there's a lot of similarities. My, my point is they're making very complex medicines compared to what we're making, but they're gonna be going out under our label. Sister Maria in uh, New Zealand can't, it's a, it's a fascist country right now in regard to the cannabis plant. She uses kava kava in all our recipes in replacement to the CBD. Every country that we have women working or something going on commercially is a little different because the whole world's in a different phase. In, in the England, Brother Matt has been importing our products for a very long time. So where we are is we believe that on one acre, 
of land that we live together semi-monastically. We have our lunches together, we have our dinners together, but we don't believe in making all the women live together and get their period at the same time. We believe in semi-private housing. So we have semi-private, we live as the Beguines did. We strive to live very clustered and close to each other for purposes of our work, but we're not all living in the same house. Several of the sisters have upgraded there, started living here, but now they've got their own apartments nearby or they're starting to buy their own little farmhouse down the road to spread out and have their privacy. And we promote that because after all, we promote business, women owning businesses and property. We feel that for 2000 years, women have suffered the brunt of all poverty on the planet. And we think we're not gonna turn that around until women begin again to get in touch with their own inner business woman and realize that we all should own our own property and we all should own our own businesses and we all should own our own homes. Great, well, I love what you're doing. I want to touch on two things that you said because I'd just like to have your opinion. First, you said, because I am actually, this is something that you don't know about me. Many of our audience and the listeners may not either, but I have, I was diagnosed with epilepsy over 20 years ago. So I have been using cannabis myself to help with nervous system issues, seizures, PTSD, and anxiety. And so I'm wondering... You had said something about alcohol being the better extraction for cannabis. I'd like to know what you meant by that as far as versus something else. Yes, um, because we have our drop, both come with a dropper that you drop on your tongue. One is one of the, our oil product that we is like outsells the tincture five to one is liquid coconut oil. And it's very mild tasting and for pets and for children and for people. That's the most people take it that way. But the tincture, if you are having a seizure and you squirt that oil in your mouth, we will not interrupt your seizure. It will not. But if you're having a seizure and we squirt the alcohol tincture in your mouth, we will stop that seizure like that. And that's why often people who suffer from seizures take the oil drops every morning as a preventive medicine, but they keep the tincture around in case they have a seizure. And with, especially with, we, I've only actually seen it work with pets because we have all these rescue kittens. So, and they will be rescued before they're, they're ready to leave their mother and then they have seizures and the tincture stops it just like that. And then we've had lots and lots of people tell us that the tincture prevents and stops seizures. That's wonderful information. And I agree with you as I take a, ACDC strain first thing in the morning and usually right in the evening. And that's a cannabis um, high CBD, low THC blend in MCT coconut oil. I have found that it doesn't, it, it helps again, manage my anxiety or my nervous system issues. So I don't have a seizure throughout the day. I like to try the alcohol-based tincture to see if it works right on. And, and then I'll get back with you. I'll get some of your products. I'll try okay. it and I'll be happy to send you some to try. And maybe there's an entourage effect that happens with the alcohol as well. And it is harsh, but I feel like there is a strength to the alcohol that you don't get with the oil. And it's definitely more fast adding. The oil, you have to wait five to 10 minutes to feel the effect. The alcohol is like inhaling from a joint. You get an immediate effect. 
The other thing I was going to ask you about is I've had many Ayurvedic practitioners on our show, and I actually teach a holistic practitioner course and have Ayurvedic teachers come on to that course to teach students. And across the board, what I'm finding with those practitioners is that they are not in agreement with cannabis. So it's interesting to hear you say that you're finding that bridge. I love it. How are you doing it? Well, uh, it's very funny. Uh, we're, we're very uh, modern in our tools. And so I, we have this news aggregation service software that saw that our product was being sold in India. And I reached out to the person who had the ad up and said, cease and desist. And I remember he said, wow, this is very aggressive for a nun. And I said, these nuns have no men protecting their intellectual property. We protect our own intellectual property and you're messing with something the sisters own. And that led to him basically, uh, it led to a long and lovely relationship where he started looking for, sort of representing the sisters into the CBD market in India, and India is further along. And so he trooped, he trooped by one after another of men, and when he finally brought us, and it didn't go very well, when he finally brought us a woman who's an herbalist and a doctor and owns her own herbal company and wanted to do something with our brand, but also with the concept. Um, and so, yeah, we recently just made a deal on that end. And so I'm looking forward. So basically, just so that no one's confused about this, our enclaves all own their own business and they all make the same recipes. And so we have an enclave north of us that makes the same recipes and provides wholesale businesses. But they're, we're like the Mormon church. They're all, re all required to tie 10% of their sales, like a label fee, back to the mothership. And then the mothership gives support to them in many ways, in many startup ways, we give support to them and also use those funds to help promote their individual businesses and their efforts. So we've got a system. I see. We're going to take a break in just a moment, but before we do that, I would like to ask you just a quick question. What do you see most, I mean, we're talking a lot of business today, but I'm wondering when you're seeing patients and when you're seeing people in the population in your in your communities and outreach, what are you finding that most people are reaching out for to use your products? Are they looking for, you know, we've talked about nervous system and seizures, but are they looking for pain or anxiety or what are they reaching out to your products for? I think pain is a general category. And I would say that if in the early years it was for anxiety as, as time goes on, we get more and more people who would have never touched it before. The old folks who would never touch it before who are finally agreeing that they want to try it. And so it's general pain, it's general aging, it's general anxiety from COVID, which has caused everyone to be more anxious if it was possible than they were before. I see. Okay, thank you for that. Well, it does happen to be that time in our podcast where we're going to take a short break to give a local aligned business a little shout out. We will be right back.
Ever dream of becoming a cannabis therapy consultant or learning more on how cannabis heals? For a deeper understanding of your own body and mind connection using sacred medicine, take time to dive into classes anytime, anywhere with a new online program. For more information, connect on drpepperhernandez.com. This is a 10-month program, one class a month. The Cannabis Holistic Institute provides the most potent teachers Humboldt County has to offer. Students have access to Google Classrooms for downloadable handouts, charts, PowerPoint presentations, and more. Also, a live streaming on Facebook, bonus pop-up classes, gifted info, and edited videos available on YouTube. Classes from History of Cannabis, The Biology of Cannabis, Specific Strains and Effects, Cannabis Healing Properties, Juicing, Edibles, and Tinctures, Cultivation and Production, Cannabis Medicine Making, Women in Cannabis Conference, Legalities and Legislations, The Cannabis Business, and more. Welcome back. Let me reintroduce you to our guest today, Sister Kate. She is the founder of Sisters of the Valley. Thank you so much for being on today. Thank you. Thank you, Doctor. So I want to start this second segment with more personalized questions. You are such a busy woman. You really do know your business end of how all of this runs, and I'm sure everyone's grateful for that. What are some of the rituals that you do for yourself on a daily to keep not only aligned spiritually, but also just in tuned physically? Um, we, since COVID, we've all like ratcheted up as we, as we have the risk of getting more crazy. COVID was one attack. And then the fires on the west coast of California just upped it more. So where most of us from COVID, if we exercised once a day, we started doing it twice a day. When the fires came, we started three times a day. Not everyone is crazy as I am, but I walk for an hour in the morning. I bike for an hour at sunset come hell or high water. And I dance for an hour, either yoga or ballet every afternoon. And it's the thing is, when you live where you work, you can work all the time. And I and small business people, and you probably know it too, you can work all the time and that's no quality of life. And the world isn't going to uh, be your mama and make you take time when you need it. And then you get irritable and the other people around you pay for it. So we think it's super important that for every like two to three hours that you're working, that you take some time off. And we were promoting that culture. Now the young, most of the younger sisters are also studying or Sister Cass has small children. They can't afford to be as crazy as I am. But the older sisters, we're pretty dedicated to our three times a day a meditation or exercise of some sort. I see, well, that's wonderful. The grouping of women that you have there um, how many of there are you? There's three of us living here right now. It's, it moves from, there's six of us that work here on a daily basis. 
there's three that live nearby and three that live here on this farm. And that number changes depending on economics and certain other things, like sometimes the sisters will get an apartment, sometimes they'll want to be back here. We just took in two young, uh, one's my daughter with COVID and one's another young girl who's my assistant to actually live here on the farm recently because of COVID. There was a lot of switching of seats around during COVID. I would imagine so. And we opened up, we also opened up a second house closer to here, which we call our secret center, because this was beginning to get a little more attention than we cared for. So we're starting to have like locations that we don't have the media, where we live, where we don't necessarily have the media at. And are there rituals or things that you do as a collective group? Yes, yes. We, um, our prayer, our holy days are full moons and the solstices and equinoxes. So every time there's a full moon or a solstice or an equinox, we have a sunset fire ceremony. And that's a fire circle, a prayer ceremony. It's planned. Uh, it's executed to a lot of detail. Um, three or four times a year, we have rather large ones. We have a large one coming October 31st, where the sisters from Mexico will come up north and Sister Star from Humboldt will come down. And we'll have all rooms booked with visitors like an old-fashioned trip to a castle, I imagine. And, uh, and it's usually a couple days of gatherings, but the moon cycle is, the, the moon ceremony is the major thing. We make our medicines by the cycles of the moon. Every jar and bottle is labeled by the cycle of the moon. Our test results at SC Labs are labeled by the cycles of the moon. Our vendors talk to us. We make in cycles of the moon. We make vows that say we will organize our lives by the cycles of the moon. So what that really means is that from new, we put up a new batch around the new moon. Uh, I say around because it's always give or take. There's like three days of new moon energy to us. There's three days of full moon energy. So in that window, we are going to start a new batch. In a new moon, we are going to close that batch to full moon. The period, the two weeks in between to the next one is a period of bottling, uh, packaging, labeling, preparing for the next batch, then we do it again. Our personal habits are all different because we're about empowering the women and we don't think it's empowering that we all do everything together all the time. It's very much more like consider us a bunch of native women at the riverside in our teepees. They wouldn't coordinate going to wash their hair at the river necessarily or their laundry or whatever. Everybody has their work to do. We like, we value quiet. We value a quiet, monastic-like work environment. If you pass, we have certain codes and customs. If you pass somebody and you keep your eyes down, that means you're in thought, don't talk to me. I mean, we try to create a very thoughtful, meditative environment that happens while you're working because we believe it's possible to be healing through the work you do if the environment is right. Absolutely agree. I love all of those things. You know, earlier in our conversation, I asked about, uh, not to get us off track, but I asked about the cannabis specific strains or cultivars that you use. I'm not certain if you answered that. I'd love to know what you think oh, on that. We, I, I'm not the expert on this because that would make me unbelievable. <laughs> I'm not the expert on growing cannabis, but uh, we have put together strains like Remedy and Harlequin and uh, Charlotte's Web, all the, the traditional CBD strains. And through the mixing and breeding of them, we've come up with a, a strain that we call We Bairn. It's the, the 
the mother was Big Bertha. We call him Big Bertha. She, there was like a mixture crop of seeds from those plants I just talked about that we let go male, we let the males live. We made our first seed crop a year ago. And that is, the, and this is high CBD. I, I can't tell you like the indica sativa blend it is. I can only tell you that it's high CBD, that we get 12 to 13 and a half percent CBD and 0.5% or less THC. And sometimes 0.4%, our best was 0.4% THC. So that's still in California reason to give the law to come rip it. But our sheriff cuts us a break because by the time we get our product out to out the door, it's under 0.2%, which is the international limit because we ship around the world. We ship to Europe and Russia. I always say we ship to uh, Russia and the Middle East and Korea and scary places like Mississippi and Alabama. That's what I always say. Oh, that's quite funny. Um, so do you use any of the cannabis or the cannabis products that you guys are developing and creating there? Just consider themselves a bit of connoisseurs. I always say I have a peasant's palate for cannabis, but a connoisseur's palate for wine. And the younger sisters, they're all, but they have the connoisseur's palate for the cannabis. So I have to say that. But yes, we use it. It's just that the, old, the more happy we become in our lifestyle, the more subtle, you do see that people need it less and less. But I mean, there's a direct correlation between the stress in your life and how much medicine you need. And these days, most of the elder sisters, we tend to smoke our wee barren strain of CBD, high CBD, but we still like to spike it with a little high THC. So we make our own blends that's more 60, 70% CBD and 20, 30% THC. And we're kind of playing with that these days. I see. And what's your personal choice or method of application or dosage with cannabis for your personal body? If I'm having anxiety, I like to take the tincture. Um, because I don't, I just, and I don't want to be promoting smoking to anybody. Smoking is kind of old school culture. And we had to, but it also there's in the stoner culture, there's a very strong thing about passing the joint. And we had to stop all that at a snap of a finger as soon as COVID started, right? To mitigate risk of passing it. So with that aside, we're seeing less and less around here of people smoking at all. Also, COVID's a lung disease. So you can't very well be promoting that. So we are really pushing everybody to keep their tinctures nearby and to start using them like they would a joint for relaxation. Good point. I do, I do appreciate that. I am very passionate about creating superhumans, people who are at every level the most aligned being they possibly can be in this particular vessel that they're living on this planet with. You and I were to create a um, self-care recipe for a spiritually aligned human being. What would be on that list that you would like to add? I'm, we're becoming very fascinated with mushrooms now that science is beginning to understand how our forest trees communicate and help each other health-wise and the role the mushrooms play in, in helping the system rebuild things. Um, so I would say, but I definitely, number one, to the extent possible, if you're not, if you're not already there and if it looks like a long journey, take it on anyway, 
Organize your life for less stress. Don't live with people who hate you. That's number one. Figure out a way to get away from people who are toxic, who have you stuck in, a, in an old you, an old version of you when we're all evolving and we're all becoming new people every day. So the, very, the, the number one thing when we're treating and dealing with people who come to us with their problems is what is your life like? OMG, your wife hates you. You need to get out of that relationship. I mean, we've had to say things like that because it's obvious that relationships can be toxic. Once you've done that, you clear the path for yourself to introduce 20 minutes of exercise morning, afternoon, or night, or one hour dedicated morning or night because that's so important to help. Then regular meals at regular times, plant-based diet, right? Is there all the things that are the same things that would be on your list? And maybe supplements because our food doesn't grow the way it used to with all the minerals and things. And in those supplements, you can get those mushroom powders and things that help you regenerate. What did I miss? Oh, meditation and time for just connecting to. See, I'm very, I'm very hyper to begin with. So my meditation has to happen while I'm hiking, while I'm walking, while I'm doing something, biking, whatever. Uh, but I recognize that for a lot of other people, it's just a practice that's more sedentary and that it's very, so, so very important. It's just another way of connecting to your higher self. And we just recommend that people figure out a way to connect to that higher self, whatever way works best for them. I love all of those things. You are like a gold mine of information for us to get more aligned. And I appreciate you being on to talk with us about that. Before I let you go, I have a couple more things, but you have sparked my interest by saying mushrooms because we have had a few guests and this year being 2020, we are focused on microdosing, microdosing whether it be cannabis, whether it be mushrooms or anything else a person wants to use, do you feel comfortable in telling us a little bit about you know, expanding in the mushroom sphere and telling us about anything that you'd like to share with us? Yeah, I have never had a, a psychoactive micro mushroom ever, but the younger sisters and the younger college girls are certainly opening my mind to the whole microdose. Like I've met young people who lost their like bipolarism through microdosing, like major adjustments where they had this complete personality disorder and it disappeared. So I don't understand that. I was talking about like ashwagandha and reishi and the health benefits of the non-psychoactive uh, mushrooms because I know more about those than I do the microdosing. But it's a whole new field and certainly the sisters are, find ourselves studying it and watching documentaries about it and listening to the scientists about it. And so I think that uh, mushroom, mushroom tinctures could be in our future. And I definitely think microdosing for healing could be in our future. Good to know. I'll stay tuned in with you and we'll see where that goes. <laughs> if, you, if you were to give us just a couple different types of mushrooms that we should be looking into, when it comes to medicinal mushrooms, which would be your top three choices and why? The top three choices, and it was just recommended to me by the people who really studied this, was lion's mane, reishi, and ashwagandha. And from what I am, I'm 61 years old, and I'm very active, and I want to stay active. So 
I believe the reason those three were recommended is they all do a different kind of job for regeneration. Regeneration of nerves, regeneration of cells, regeneration of bone tissue. I'm not sure exactly, um, but it has to do with that and sort of keeping yourself young and fit. Thank you so much. Um, before we go, I'd love for you to share, just kind of close off our experience today with either a mantra or a message for our listeners and our viewing audience as well. We have a mantra that the sisters say over and over again, and that's that we are serious women on a serious mission. And we share that mantra with other women who are serious women on a serious mission. It is a time of great change. The planet is suffering and so are the women and the children. And so we feel it befits, befits all of us to say we are serious women on a serious mission and to continue trekking along no matter how difficult it is. What a powerful message to all women. Um, I can only imagine just the women that are just within your sphere and your circle. And I appreciate you for letting me and our audience get to know you a little bit better today. Thank you, uh, Doctor. It was my pleasure. I wish you great luck on your holy home. Sistersinthevalley.org is our where our products are. And we also have, uh, we're on Patreon, Sisters of the Valley on Patreon if you're just interested in our full moon ceremonies and our spirituality. Well, I hope to make it to one of your full moon ceremonies. That would be wonderful. That would be wonderful. You're always invited. Um, I'll let you know we have a big one coming October 31st and then, uh, you know, then every full moon thereafter. Thank you so much again. And thank to you. the audience, thank you so much for making time to be with us today to help encourage others to get one step closer to their highest aligned self, the mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional bodies. Until next time, I'm your host, Dr. Pepper Hernandez. Let's make this your very best life ever. 